Christians say and do weird things. Join us as we dig in and search for answers to what it all might mean. We are not experts by any means, but we want to inform and make you think. Welcome to the What's Up with Christians podcast. episode of what's up with christians i'm rachel what's up <laughs> i'm megan i'm seth what was that rachel pause S- <laughs> what are you a snake <laughs> i was gonna talk and then megan started so <laughs> rachel pause so i filled in this awkward space <laughs> no we're so good at this so sorry about last week we had some technical difficulties plus we had people you could barely hear because they were sick so this week we are all recovered our technology is working so we are back we're back we're back all right anyway welcome back i hope you well we we it's a collective hope and we we are a we 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 wow we're a we We hope oh, we, 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 are we. This Sorry. is impossible. <laughs> Clearly, we haven't seen each other in a while. We're losing our minds. Okay. We uh, hope... It doesn't take just seeing each other for that to happen. Sorry. We hope that you had a wonderful Christmas and New Year. And a happy New Year. I hope those New Year resolutions are going grand for you. <laughs> They're or all if you've over. already. It's... After the third, they're done. Are you kidding me? I am so sore right now. Do not tell me they're done. It's the twelfth, and I am working out. I am so sore. It's ridiculous. Or you just don't do it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Mine's going well too. I uh, made a resolution to not make a resolution, and so far I've succeeded. <laughs> oh my gosh, me too. That's legit what I did. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to disappoint myself this year. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, um... I've learned a lesson recently that if you always embrace yourself or always brace yourself for disappointment, you can't be disappointed. Anyway, here's a question. <laughs> we're going to start with a question. We're, we're going to start with a question, okay? What do you think of when you think of baptism? When I think of baptism, I think of summer camp. Because that's what, that's where baptism is really pushed a lot. I, I work at, I work at, I volunteer at like a seventh and eighth grade week. And, you know, like in the 7th and 8th and high school weeks, baptism is pushed a lot. It is oftentimes the main focus of the week. And that's what, like, you're pushing more and more as the week goes on. And by the end, it's like your big call for baptism. And it's like, because that's such a, I don't know, uh, influential part of your life. And baptism is so important. And so... I think of camp and like at the end of the week when all the baptisms are going on and everyone's sitting around and clapping and stuff like that. But yeah, my brain goes to bat, but it goes to camp because that's just where I've seen a lot of baptisms in like one go. Um, for me, what comes to mind is um, growing up in the church that I grew up in, and actually now with the church that I'm at now, um, we would have these big baptism Sundays where we would just have anyone who would want to get baptized um, could either let the pastor know ahead of time or um, 
or even during the event. And then we'd all just go out to the lake. We'd have a big picnic and stuff. And um, people just come out and um, they'd be baptized in front of everyone. And we'd sing songs and we'd cheer and we'd clap and go, woo, and all that fun stuff. And um, and then it just kind of opened up and be like, hey, if there's anyone else that wants to. And so then there'd be more people that would come down. And so, yeah, it was always like a like a full day celebration. Like the whole church would get together, go out to the lake, and it was just like just just a big old party. Mm. So that was that was baptism that we had growing up. No, when I I think when I think about it, it's I always go back to um, I love watching. It's like a weird. I love seeing the progression to get there. So every time I think of baptism, I think of like where they've come from, and like from their baptism I love to see like what they've done and what they've achieved and how they've grown since the baptism so I I, when I think of baptism I always think of like like oh man what's next for them is going to be so great like what's coming next for this person who's getting baptized oh I can't wait to see what happens so I don't know whenever I think of baptism I, I always think I can't wait for what's next i do think um it's this just i think it is kind of important now that we kind of pause and just because our the three of our experiences with baptism are probably very different than than a lot of people (laughs) because that opens up this whole conversation that um, i know it's talked about a lot among churches especially is um when do we get baptized when when does a person get baptized because we have all these different things. I think all three of us grew up in churches where you were baptized when you were older. Like it was almost, not almost, it was, you made a decision. You made a choice to be baptized yourself. And for others, it's you're baptized as an infant. Like you go or your parents take you up um, and you are baptized in front of the congregation in the church um, as a baby. And um, so I think that's something we should probably, touch on right away is when when do we get baptized or like what's what's the difference between being baptized as a baby or as an adult and is one right or is one wrong i think it's something we should probably touch on right away because our experiences for the three of us are very similar um growing up but very different than what a lot of people um the way a lot of people view baptism with infant baptism and opposed to adult baptism it's kind of a touchy subject because at camp when we have kids that well my parents baptized me as a baby are you saying that like infant baptism doesn't mean anything because you want me to do it again as an adult and I would definitely say no because your parents baptized you for a reason as an infant um but infant baptism really got started during the plague um when the parents feared that because their child wasn't baptized, they wouldn't be able to go to heaven. And since, I mean, during the plague, everyone was dying so quickly, they wanted to make sure that their children made it into heaven. So they would, they would baptize them as infants so that to ensure that they would go to heaven. Um, there's nothing biblically that says you must be baptized as an infant. There's nothing biblically that says not to baptize as a baby. Um, but it does definitely, um, it does hint at that baptism as an adult is very important. Um, 
because it says repent and be baptized. But going back to the infant baptism, if your parents baptized you as a baby, that's not wrong. Um, what it, what a non-denominal church would look at it as is like an dedication or something of as a way of saying, I am going to raise my child in a Christian home with Christian, um, with biblical beliefs and biblical standards, and I'm going to raise them in a way that pleases the Lord. And and in the non-denominational and uh, in the non-denominational church, or at least where I go to church, and the churches I've been at before, they they just have the family come forward and say that they're going to do that, and that the church will go alongside them and will support them and and encourage this Christian walk. Um, in the Lord. And so infant baptism in itself represents that as the parents, we're having our child baptized saying we're going to raise them in this Christian home. Yeah. And um, to kind of piggyback off what you said, I, um, so I, growing up, I did not grow up in a church where um, we had infant baptism, but um, I, um, the, the church that I, recently attended and now the two smaller churches that I, that I pastor at, um, I'm actually, a, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a Methodist pastor. And at these churches, we, we do have infant baptisms now. And, um, as we go through and we go through the liturgy of everything and stuff and it's, <clears throat> excuse me, we have all the questions that we ask kind of like at kind of the promise questions, like you hear at like a wedding or something like that. Or like, do you, promise to raise this child, um, in a Christian home? Do you promise to, um, do your best to try to get your child into church and all this kind of stuff? And it's all questions aimed at the parent. And then there's questions that are aimed at the congregation because it's all about everyone around the baby making this commitment to raise the, to raise the child, um, in the church and to try to raise it to the best of their abilities to find, um, the, um, the Christian life for themselves someday. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and that's really what infant baptism is. It's not like Rachel said, it's, they're not old enough to make the decision. It's the parents and the congregation <clears throat> um, taking the step saying, Hey, we are going to do our best to raise this child in an environment where someday they can, they can hopefully find this for themselves. Um. Another thing that's important to go over with baptism is kind of also what baptism itself uh, visually represents for people as well. Um, in the Bible, the Apostle Paul talks in Romans 6, 3 through 4. It says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So baptism itself is also, like I said, it's a visual representation as well of like, so as you are immersed into, as you are, as you are dunked into the water, what that is representing is that is representing you being buried with Christ into this watery grave. And then when you are raised out of the water, it is representing the resurrection of Christ after the three, after his three days in the tomb. And so, in a way, it is you dying to yourself and then coming back alive with Christ. 
And so that's the like the visual representation that baptism is supposed to be. So baptism is yes, it is a public declaration of your faith, and that is important, but it's also a testimony to people as they are watching because they can see visually the story of Christ through this act. The um, one time I actually heard a pastor, the way he described baptism is he described it. It's kind of like a wedding ring where it's like we put on a wedding ring and that doesn't necessarily mean like the second I put this ring on, that doesn't mean I'm married. Like anyone can just put a ring on. It's like, oh, you're not married when you put it on. But it's an open sign. It's an open. It's a symbolic thing showing people like, hey, I have made this commitment. I don't know why I'm showing you guys the ring like they can see. I'm wearing a ring. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's a symbolic thing. It's like, like I said, it's 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 an open, I don't know, something very visual that people can see, like saying like, hey, I have made this commitment. I am making this commitment going forward. This is how I'm going to live my life. And um, I really liked that visual because so many times throughout the Bible, Jesus is referred to as the bridegroom and the church is like, there's so many references to um, Jesus in the relationship with the church, like a wedding, Mm -hmm. because it is this very much a committal thing. And it's committal. committal. It's a real word. Look it up. I don't know how to spell it. So no, I don't need I think it's a L at the end. Just go. Hey Siri, what's committal? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do like that. I've never heard that. I like that comparison. It's a very important thing that we are supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Christ did it, and we are called to do it multiple times in the Bible. So it is not something that, like, you know, if you know who Christ is and you want to be baptized, it's not something that you should put off. It's something that you should... Once you figure it out and you want to do it, something that you should act on. But at the same time, if somebody dies before they get baptized, it does not mean they're going to hell. Because, again, it's just water. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it's just nasty lake water that somebody (laughs) peed in. Somebody. A.K.A. me. (laughs) And so... You know, doesn't make it special. Mm-hmm. Or, it's, yeah. But, yeah. So, again, it's not like somebody's immediately doomed for hell because they didn't get baptized if they like, if they knew who Christ was. At the same time, it is a decision that, as a Christian, we are called to make mm-hmm. and act on. Yeah. Um, well, Megan made a reference to Jesus was baptized and it talks about that in Matthew three, where is it? Three thirteen to 17. It says that Jesus came from Galilee. Wow. We're going to try that again. (laughs) Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, John the baptized. John the Baptist, not John the disciple. Um, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill a, all righteousness. Then John con- consented. As, so, 
As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At the moment, the heavens opened up, and he saw the the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting a lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I loved. With him I am well pleased. So, I mean, it's kind of cool that before Jesus really gets into his ministry, right here at the beginning of Matthew, Jesus is like, before I can do my, my stuff, I, my stuff, before I can prepare the way, um, there's another phrase that we should talk about sometime. Prepare the way. Um, I thought you say do my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Before Jesus really got into his ministry, he did, he, he was baptized and he said, this is, this is proper for us to do, to fulfill all righteousness. So I thought that was, I always, I always enjoy hearing like as much as I can about like what Jesus did while he was here. And as Christians, we're supposed to strive to be like Jesus, so as much as we can. So the next, the next question I we have here to talk about is why, um, why get baptized? Why should we do this? I know Megan kind of hit on it a little bit, but really, truly, like when someone comes up to you and says, "Okay, so why should I get baptized?" Like, what would you say? It's a public declaration of your faith. It's you sitting out, standing in front of this, however large the group of people is, whether it's, you know, three people or 300 people, and declaring that I'm going to live my life no longer for myself, but for Christ. I like that. And then, because of this act that you did, now they, now they are called to hold you accountable mm. for what you have just declared. But yeah, it's a it's a public declaration of your faith. I like that. Yeah, I think um, I think what Megan said. I mean, nails it. That's I mean, it's it's very much it's a symbolic way. It's you very openly saying, "Hey, I'm doing this, and in me doing this, I am publicly telling you, I'm committing my life to Christ." And especially in days like today, I mean, you think about, I mean. When it's cold, we, we no, <laughs> not in the, like as in twenty twenty two, as as in like the the era we live in in this social media era that we live in right now. I'll put it that way. Every single thing that we do, we document. We take pictures. We have videos. We post them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, um, Bing Bong, Ding Dong, Whoozy What's It's, and all these kinds of things that we have out there that we share constantly, like our lives are constantly on display for everyone to see. And so it's not just like a, it's not just the people in your congregation that are seeing it. It's all the people that are seeing your pictures and your videos on Facebook and all this kind of stuff. So it's anymore. It's, it's even more public than it used to be, um, which is, it's one of the blessings we do have of technology is we can just share that with everyone. But um, honestly, I think one of the biggest reasons that we should do it and we kind of touched on is Jesus told us to Mm -hmm. the Bible over and over says that we should it's, 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 I mean, there's no condemnation if we don't, but 
we're told to. We're told we're supposed to. We're told that we should be baptized. Like over yeah. and over, it's repent and be baptized. It's turn your back, be baptized. Like all over the place. Paul says it like a gazillion times throughout all of his letters. I mean, Jesus wouldn't make a big deal about it if he didn't mean it. I mean, you say something once. If Jesus said something once, it's important. He yeah. says it twice. It's probably really important. But since he says it like a million times, it's really, really important. <laughs> and a million. Um, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's something like that. Give or take a few. Yeah. <laughs> Give or take like, yeah, a few, like two or three. Yeah. Thousand. But, but, but really, I mean, really, that's that's what it is. We are told to do it. And when Jesus when Jesus left and we talked, we've mentioned it before, the Great Commission, where he says, go out and teach people about I'm, this is paraphrasing a little bit but he says go tell everyone about me but he says baptize people in the name of the father son and holy spirit mm-hmm. so it's not only our job to be baptized but it's our job to also go and help people be baptized mm-hmm. so it's the biggest reason we should do it is because we are told we should do it and dunk um people for jesus dunk them for jesus exactly <laughs> it and it's of their own free will don't just go dunking people saying i'm doing it for jesus yeah that doesn't work don't just don't just sneak up behind them and push them in the lake and say i baptize you (laughs) that doesn't work i've lifeguarded i know those kids But, (laughs) (laughs) but i um there's i've one of the coolest baptisms i ever got to see was we had um there was this 85 year old lady and um she had a walker and everything. She was pretty hunched over and everything. And she she wanted to be dunked. She did. But we talked her out of it because it's like, we would have to like carry you into the water. Like you're, you're, you're on oxygen part of the time. This is just not a good idea. And um, and so then she was like, okay. So we did. And so we had like, it was kind of like an infant baptism where we, or many of us have seen where you kind of sprinkle the water on. And, um, but the joy on her face and the joy to see like three generations of her family there to see that was just so awesome Oh wow! because she's like, I'm 85 years old. And she said, I've never been baptized and I've known her for like forever. That didn't make her any less of a Christian. Mm -hmm. There's nothing magical about the whole moment. I mean, like we talked about you're, I mean, a lot of times we're getting dunked in Megan's pee. Ew. But... (laughs) That sounds disgusting. There's, there's, That's a horrible way to word it. I'm not the only one who pees and likes. <laughs> but you're the one who's admitted it. But fact, there's nothing there's do. nothing there's nothing magical about the elements of it. It's it's there's but there is something very special about the the heart of it, the the genuinity of it. We keep coming back to that word. It's genuinity. It is it's the magical word. It's all about where is your heart in that moment? Why are you doing it? What is your goal going forward from it? That's what baptism is all about. Yeah. And I like I like how Megan worded it. It's me declaring I'm no longer gonna live for myself. I'm gonna live for Christ. And when we talk about this I mean saying that sounds easy i'm no longer gonna live for myself i'm gonna live for christ but that's a hard thing and it's a daily decision to make i mean we get baptized once but every day we have to rededicate ourselves to making that decision to daily live as christ so i mean it's not an easy thing at all and that's why also 
it's important as a person who's also not just, you know, being baptized, but someone who's witnessing it to also hold that person accountable as well. And encourage them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, I would say that's, we kind of talked about what, what are the reasons or why is it important? I think that's probably the, the, the third one, kind of the third kind of key one too, is you're putting yourself in front of people that are going to love on you, that are going to support you because it's also not, it's, I mean, once you get dunked or sprinkled or whatever it is, when you come out of the water, you're still you mm-hmm. ultimately on, you're still you. It's, it's not like you come up and suddenly, <laughs> yeah, it's, you're not a whole new person. There's no halo above your head or anything like that. You're still you. And so once you leave there, you have to choose mm-hmm. to, to change things. You can do that symbolic thing and symbolic act to say, Hey, I am telling you all of you, I'm going to change, but then it's up to you to actually do that. So when you do that in front of those people, a lot of the times the pastor will address the congregation or whoever's there and say, will you do what you can to support this person as well? And getting yourself surrounded by that, building yourself a community around you, fellowship, a Christian's favorite word, fellowship. Today after church, we're going to be having fellowship. It's AKA a Christian's food. I know. I was like, chip, chip. <laughs> Christians love the word fellowship. To surround yourself with a community like that, to, to have someone who's going to check in and be like, hey, how are you doing? That's that's so important because it's really easy to feel alone when you're a Christian at times, especially with the way the craziness of the world is right now. Yeah. Not to scare you away from it. <laughs> no. So I kind of broke it all down and what baptism, baptism is, what it represents, um, when you should do it, why we should do it. And I just, I just want to end with this, um, part of the, uh, I want, don't want to say story, but I, I will say story from the Bible. Uh, true, true story. Truth story. Yeah. Piece of history. I don't know what you want to say here. There you go. There you go. Um, from Acts 8, um, in 8, 26 through 40, if you want to look it up for yourself, which I strongly encourage you to do, and and don't just take our word for it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Philip, who was, who was a disciple, he is, he's told by the Lord, it says, go south on the road. Um, I just keep saying, um, okay, so. So Philip, who is a disciple, is told by the Lord to go south on the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he made an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kadak, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This passage of scripture, this is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. It said he was like a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before its shears is silent. 
and he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with a very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came up to some water, and the eunuch said, Look here, it's some water. What stands in the way of me being baptized? And he gave the order to stop the chariot, and both Philip and the eunuch got down and went to the water, and Philip baptized him. So, as we talk about this, there's a lot There's a lot that you can think about. Um, but really, it's it's as simple as this. If you believe in Jesus Christ, and you believe he's the son of the living God, and he died for your sins, and... And he has, he's here to make a new, make you new, and you want to live in that life and experience eternal life with him. It's really that simple. Um, there's not much more needed. And there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes into, to it. And you can continue that after baptism. But man, if you're feeling called to get baptized, I mean, there's nothing holding you back do it. I'm that's that's really kind of how I wanted to end is just saying there's a lot you can think about and you can I mean, I don't know how many things in the Bible we can overthink until we're blue in the face and we'll still never fully understand or get and I think this is one that's pretty simple is Jesus did it, he tells us to do it. So as soon as I accept and believe in Jesus, why not do it too? So I really hope we gave you guys something to think about um some more food for thought if you do have any questions about anything we've shared today or anything we've shared in the past or anything you want us to share about feel free to find us on facebook or instagram that's what what's up with christians um we'd love to get connected with you and have conversations with you or have another topic to discuss another day but we really hope this is a good new year for you and you're starting it off strong. And remember, always live with genuinity.